Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. When I was in Colorado, I was looking at this verse and I was quite excited to come home and put a message together. Colossians chapter 3. Tonight our text will be verse 16, but let's read the context. Let's read the context of the verse, starting in verse 10. And the name of the message is the Word of Christ. The Word of Christ. Colossians 3, starting in verse 10, and we'll read to verse 17. And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule, and we looked at that as govern, Gov- rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. And here's tonight's verse. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father. By him. Now, last time we met was two weeks ago, and we looked at verse 15, where we saw that the peace of God is to govern, to govern in the Greek, rule in our text, over our hearts as believers. As born-again believers, we are to have the peace, to let peace govern, the peace of God govern govern our hearts. And, and this is only possible by those who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And, and so we are to have that love which we see, love which we see in verse 14, which is, remember, the bond of perfectness. It, it's what unites us and in the peace of God to rule in our hearts. Now, sin used to rule over us. It one time governed us. Sin did. But now we who have been born again have been given a new heart, a new heart, which we have new desires now, new desires. And this heart, which God has given us, right, hungers and thirsts after righteousness. We weren't like that before, were we? But now, now we hunger and thirst for righteousness, and we desire to grow in grace and in the knowledge of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. We also looked at how we are called into one body. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you are called in one body. This is God's effectual calling. All of God's elect are the body of Christ. The body of Christ. We are born again. And salvation is a, re- is, is a regenerating work of God the Holy Spirit. It's not as religion says. Religion says you believe, then you're regenerated. That makes man the sovereign. 
Salvation's of the Lord, the Scripture says. So we're regenerated, and then we believe. Then we repent. Because salvation's of the Lord. It's all His work. It's all His work. And, and it's His work. Salvation's of, think of this, salvation's of the Lord and His planning. Who's the one who planned our salvation? God. When did He do it? In eternity. In eternity, beloved. It's salvation's of the Lord and it's securing. Who's the one who secured our salvation? Christ. He did it all by himself, as Brother Tim said. Salvation's of the Lord. It's all his work. And then salvation's of the Lord in, in its execution in our lives. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Salvation's of the Lord. Religion, salvation's of man. Scripture, salvation's of the Lord. It's all his work, beloved. It's all his work. And we who believe, we who believe are one body. The elect, all the elect of all the ages are called into one body of whom Christ is the head. Of whom Christ is the head. Christ is the head of the church and we, we here are called out assembly. We gather together in ecclesia in the Greek, called out assembly. We gather together to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to learn of our Savior's wondrous works in salvation and in providence, don't we? It, we marvel at what Christ has done for us. We marvel. We also looked at how God's people, as a result of this, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. God's people are thankful people. And this naturally flows out of a regenerated heart. We're thankful for what Christ has done for us. My, when we ponder, when we ponder the fact that Christ left heaven to redeem us, to die on Calvary's cross, to pay everything that God demanded for all of my sin, Brother Roy, for all your sin, it makes us thankful. And then, we have the privilege of gathering together with other blood-washed saints and being thankful together. Being thankful together for what Christ has done for each of us. It's amazing. It's truly amazing grace, beloved. What a God we have. And may we ever be in awe of him and of what he's done as we walk through this this world of woe. May we be in awe at the mercy and the grace which we have obtained in Christ Jesus our Lord. May we be in awe when we think that all our sins are forgiven by the death of our substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ. My. And this will make, when you ponder, when you start pondering what Christ has done for you, it'll make you thankful. It'll make you thankful. Because we know that we don't deserve any of this. Not at all. It's unmerited favor from God our Savior in Christ Jesus and Him alone. Scripture declares, let's look at our verse tonight. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, 
singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, Paul has been instructing the Colossian believers about their conduct with one another as as blood-bought, born-again saints. And we've looked at that the last few weeks. Paul's been dealing with the conduct of how we should be. And let us take note also that the things Paul has mentioned cannot be taught or learned. Cannot be taught or learned. They are fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. They spring out of a regenerated heart. We are to put on bowels of mercy. These spring out of a regenerated heart, beloved. Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. People can only fake it for so long. And that's what they do in religion. That's what they do in religion. But these things spring out of a, of a regenerated heart. Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And we are to be, Scripture declares this, forbearing with one another and forgiving with one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, if anyone has a quarrel with a brother, they're to go to them. To, and, and this is what we are to do, eh? This is what we're to do. And it's wonderful because what it does, beloved, is it creates unity within the body of Christ. It creates unity. And you're one, you're one with, uh, around the gospel. That's what's the most important thing, isn't it? The preaching of Christ and Him crucified. My. It's wonderful. And we are to forgive one another. Think of this. We are to forgive one another when we ponder how much Christ has forgiven us. It's amazing. We, we should be quick to forgive. Eh? Quick to forgive. It's wonderful though. The salvation that we have. And, and as I said, this springs out of a regenerator. It's not natural. Because natural for us is, I'm going to get that. <laughs> I'm never going to forgive that person. Oh, but out of a regenerated heart flows forgiveness. Humbleness of mind. My, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it creates unity within the body. Unity within the body of Christ. So we're to keep short accounts, beloved. We're to, we're to let peace govern our hearts, rule our hearts. And tonight's verse says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Sister Ruth, you guys told me about how you guys used to have everyone get together at the house. And you sing and you... you, That is so edifying. That, that, That builds up unity within the body of Christ. Because you're getting, you're gathering around... Not only the scriptures, but you're gathering around songs that are Christ-centered and giving him all the glory and honor and praise. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So we are to admonish each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Now, what is the word of Christ? Scripture declares here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What is the word of Christ spoken of here? Beloved, it is none other than this book right here. The Holy Scriptures. The Bible. It's the word of God. Are these not the words of Christ? Now they have some red, red, they have some red ones in there, right? They say, well, those are the, the words of Christ. 
Who was the one who spoke to Moses? Who was the one who appeared before Isaiah? Oh, I am that I am. What did Christ say before Abraham was? I am. I am. Oh, beloved. It's the Word of God. The Word of God and the Word of Christ are one and the same. From the first words of Genesis, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth until the last words in Revelation, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen, and all the words in between. All of them. All of them. Is the Word of God and the Word of Christ. And we are to let the words of this wonderful book, the words of this wonderful book, we're to, we're to let the words of this wonderful book dwell in us richly. Dwell in us richly. We're to feast upon the Word of God. We're to meditate upon the Word of God. We're to ruminate upon the Word of God. Oh, let it dwell richly. Richly in you, beloved. Scripture declares in the Old Testament, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Look at verses 11 and 12. All the words of Christ, the words of Scripture, let them saturate your spirit, beloved. Let them, let them be honey to your soul. Let them be honey to your soul. Our master spoke these words about the scripture. Our master said this, search the scripture. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. They testify of Christ, beloved. They testify of him. Look at Psalm 119, verse 11 and 12. Look at this. This is wonderful. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, Teach me thy statutes. How does he teach us his statutes? Through the word of God. Through his word, beloved. The Holy Spirit teaches us. Oh, may we long to hear. May we long to hear the word of God preached again and again and again because it proclaims our wonderful, merciful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures make us wise unto salvation. Turn, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The scriptures make us wise unto salvation as God the Holy Spirit regenerates lost sinners by the preaching and teaching of the word of God. And we are also instructed and equipped for the Christian life by the word of God because it's our spiritual food, beloved. It's our spiritual manna. Oh, my. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we might be equipped to walk through this world. Turn again, like I said, Second Timothy chapter 3, look at verses 15 to 17. Verses 15 to 17. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Oh, beloved, may we desire just to dig into his word. 
May we desire to dig into the Word of God. And may we not just be satisfied with hearing it preached here at church, but may we, during the week, dig into the Scriptures and open the Word of God. May we contemplate the Word of God, ruminate on the Word of God, write it to our hearts. May we memorize it. May we just feast upon the Word of God every day. Every day. Every day. And may we let it sink into our hearts because the Scriptures will bring us great joy and the Scriptures will bring us great peace. Great joy and great peace as we consider who the Scriptures are about. Christ. Christ and Him alone. Oh, let the Word of God dwell richly in you, beloved. Richly. This book, this wonderful book, the Holy Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, is the totality of biblical revelation concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. It speaks of who He is. He's King of kings, and He's Lord of lords, beloved. It speaks of His mission. Came to save his people from their sins. It speaks of his life. The perfect, sinless Lamb of God. John said, Behold the Lamb of God. He taketh away the sins of the world. It speaks of his redemptive work. Where he cried upon the cross. It is finished. It speaks of his character. It speaks of his will and it reveals and declares to us the eternal decree of God concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Mediator. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Oh, it reveals and declares to us the eternal decree of God concerning Christ, our Savior and Mediator. Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. And there was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, what poor, needy sinners we are, beloved. Oh my. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach. Look at this, beloved. Deliverance to the captives. Oh, we were held captive by sin. And to recover into the sight to the blind. And we were blind to Christ. We were blind to the things of God. But now we praise God, we be given eyes to see, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and all the eyes, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. My, my, what a Savior we have. Paul proclaims, turn if you would to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. 
Paul proclaims that the Scriptures declare Christ over in Romans chapter 1. So our master, our master said today, this day, when he was reading that, this day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. Look what Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets, where? In the Holy Scriptures. They speak of Christ, beloved. They speak of Christ. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, he was a real man. God incarnated in the flesh. The Scriptures spoke of him, and here he is. and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So this wonderful Scriptures, this wonderful Scriptures, the Word of Christ, it brings comfort to the believer as the Holy Spirit teaches us about Christ, about who God is, and about how His will and His purpose is being worked out. Think of this, beloved. His will and His purpose is being worked out right now before our eyes. It is. It is. Right before. Just like it was for the Colossians in their time. Oh my. And Just like it will be until the Lord tarries. As long as the Lord tarries. My. My. That brings comfort to the believer. And God's preachers we desire to preach Christ and Him crucified. We desire to preach Christ and Him crucified because He is the central theme of this book. This book is all, it is a hymn book. It's all about Christ. It's all about Him. About God's redemptive plan in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, we, we looked at earlier in our study that all, all the, the Old Testament sacrifices, they're types and shadows, but Christ is the substance. And we, we have an example of that when we walk down the street on a sunny day and we see our shadow. That's not us. This is us. The substance. Those were but types and shadows pointing to Christ, beloved. Pointing right to Christ. And God's preachers, we desire to preach Christ. We, want, we don't want to preach 50 ways to be a better Christian because we're all a bunch of sinners. That doesn't mean we condone sin, does it? No, not at all. But we, we point you to the one who is the Savior of sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us remember that the word of the Lord and the gospel of Jesus Christ are one and the same. Peter said so over in 1 Peter 1.25. It says this, But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And our scripture tonight here declares that we are to let the words of this wonderful book, the words of this wonderful book, dwell in us richly. Richly. Now the Greek word for dwell, the Greek word for dwell is defined as this, is defined as this, to dwell in, inhabit. We are to let the word of God inhabit us. And we looked at earlier Make one's home or to be at home. To dwell is to be at home. 
to make one's home so the word of Christ, the gospel of Christ, should dwell in us richly in all wisdom. As one of the grace preacher's comments, it should not be a visitor that just drops by now and then. No, the word of Christ should dwell in us, take up residence in our hearts and live in us. It's our food, beloved. It's our manna. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen again. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. It'll bring you joy, reading the scriptures, beloved. It'll bring you joy. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. God's people rejoice in the word of God. Again, it's our spiritual food. It's our spiritual food. Turn, if you would, to Job 23.12. Job 23.12. Oh, we rejoice in the word of God. Look at this verse. I, I saw this. I've read it before, but I finally saw it today. Look, at this is just marvelous. Job 23.12. Do you know that we are to esteem the words of Scripture more than necessary food? Because this, this is our spiritual food. Look at Job 23.12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than my necessary food. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Those who abide in Christ, abide in his word, dwelling upon his word. Scripture declares this in John fifteen seven: If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. God's people, beloved, we abide in his gospel. We're not settled for anything else. We're not settled for anything else. I was talking to a grace preacher today, and and and. He was saying to me, he just don't know how people can, people can not attend grace churches who, who know better. My goodness. We, we won't settle for anything else but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of his free and sovereign grace in Christ. We won't settle for anything else. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's precious to us, beloved. Because the gospel of Christ points away from ourselves and points us to Christ and him alone. And this word comes in power by the Holy Spirit of God. And when it does, beloved, it takes deep root. It takes deep root within us. And we relish the word of God. And we have a love for the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace. And we hold fast to the profession of it and stand fast in the liberty Wherewith Christ hath made us free. Christ hath made us free. And every inspired word of God should be more valuable than all the riches of this world. Oh, it should dwell in, dwell in us richly. And Scripture declares in all wisdom. Now the Greek word for richly is defined as abundantly. Abundantly. Let the word of Christ Inhabit, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, 
teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, richly, abundantly. This is the same Greek word that is translated over in Titus chapter 3. Turn there if you would. We've read this portion quite a bit. But look at, I want us to look at this, this because the word abundantly is the same Greek word that's translated richly in Colossians 3.16, but it's, it's translated abundantly over in Titus chapter 3. But after, starting in verse 4, we'll read to verse 6. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us, and there's the Greek word right here, abundantly. Richly, abundantly. How? Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Nowhere else, beloved. Nowhere else. That's why the gospel's so vital. That's why we won't settle for anything else, beloved. But the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace. My, what mercy God has shown us. And the Colossians were exhorted by Paul, and we're being exhorted tonight, too, as we study this, to a diligent study of God's word. And we are to study God's word so that the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us. Why? That, that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to puff us up, because it won't puff us up. It'll lay us low. It'll, it'll make us realize more and more as we study the word of God what Christ has done for us. Undeserving, unmerited sinner that I am. Oh, the mercy of God is abundantly given to me and given to you who believe. It's wonderful. What a Savior we have. What a Savior. So we're to study God's Word. And the Holy Spirit teaches us. Teaches us. And for the believer, the Word of God is loved and respected and obeyed and delighted. We delight in it richly in an abundant fashion. Psalm 1 verses 1 and 2 says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, what's our delight? Is in, is in the law of the Lord. It's, it's learning about Christ. Our delight's in him. It's in Christ. Oh my, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. This precious word, beloved, governs the believer's life. Think of it. It's a, light. it's a light for our path, isn't it? It is. It guides us through all through this pilgrimage. It gives us strength. When I read the scriptures, it gives me strength and it gives me joy. It, when I'm troubled, I go to the scriptures. And I'm not saying you have to read huge chunks. If you're troubled, go to the Psalms. They're, they're some of the most comforting places in scripture. And you read the things that David went through and how God continuously delivered him continuously through that. That's a picture of us. Oh my, what a Savior we have. And the Scriptures point us to Christ. And we're not to study just one part of the Scripture, but all of it. 
that we may benefit and grow in, in the grace and knowledge and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter 2, 1 and 3 says this, Wherefore, laying aside all malice in all guile, in hypocrisies, in envies, in evil speakings, as newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that she may grow thereby. Desire the word of God. That she may grow. Oh, may God give us a desire. A desire just to, to grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it says, if, if so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Hadn't he been so gracious to us? So gracious. We don't get what we deserve. We, we've received mercy. Mercy. And it's all because of our sinless substitute. It's all because of what he's done, beloved. What Christ has done. And he did it willingly for us. people. My, what joy that brings the believer. That the wrath of God is satisfied. That his wrath and justice has been turned aside from us. Because it fell upon Christ. And that, no wonder scriptures declare if, if, if he sets us free, we're free indeed. My, oh, what a savior we have. Brother Mahan comments on these words here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart it's to the Lord. He comments this. It's not only the duty of ministers to teach, encourage, and instruct others, but it is the duty of all believers to witness, teach, and encourage one another in spiritual manners. This can be done in private, in groups, and in public worship. It, can, it, it is all to be done as unto the Lord, for the glory of the Lord, and from the heart. Why do we gather together? We gather together to fellowship around the word of Christ, don't we? The gospel. But in gathering together, we're all built up together. It's encouraging to see you. It is. It's wonderful. And, and we encourage one another as we go through this. What we find out, we find out that we all go through a lot of the same things. Right? We doubt. We struggle. We battle sin all the time. Right? But oh. We gather around the word of God. We gather around our Savior. Our text continues. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The wisdom of God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, should be more precious to us than all the gold this world has to offer. All the money, all the gold. Christ should be more to us than all the taperings of this world. Because why? Because Christ is everything to the believer. Everything. He's everything. And the word of Christ, the scriptures, will give us wisdom. Not natural man's wisdom. As the Holy Spirit teaches us, it gives us spiritual wisdom. And where, where does the Holy Spirit point us to? Who does the Holy Spirit point us to? Christ. Christ in him alone. Because he 
is the one who is proclaimed in Scripture. The Holy Spirit teaches the regenerated believer, the, the blood-bought saint of God, teaches us of Christ. And again, we grow in the wisdom and knowledge of Christ. And we learn of him through the preaching of his word, through the reading of his word. As the Holy Spirit reveals him to us. In this book, this book will tell us, we who believe, that we're saved by what Christ has done. Not by anything we do. All the religions of the world tell you you're going to do something. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ tells you of what's been done, what's been accomplished, what's been accomplished. I overheard someone talking today at lunch, and they were talking about sin. And they talked about it like it was something that we only do every once in a while and only by certain acts. And I was putting the message together, I was about halfway through, and I was pondering what they were saying. And I thought, they don't really know what sin is. Because what does the Holy Spirit, what does he reveal to us that we're seeing? That we're sinners. It's not just something we do. It infects everything we do. But oh my. Man will never know that he is a sinner. Unless the Holy Ghost reveals it to him. How do we learn that we are a sinner? The Holy Spirit reveals us to us through the preaching of his word. And the teaching of his word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the word of Christ. And this wonderful book presents Christ, presents before us Christ in all his redemptive glory, beloved. And God's people, we love this book. We love this book. And we don't want to have anything taught to us but Christ, eh? We had a conference when we were in Oregon. The charge was, sir, we would see Jesus. That's the charge to every preacher, every teacher. We would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. And this, again, this wonderful book presents Christ in all his redemptive glory. All his redemptive glory. We love to hear it preached, we love to hear it read. We love to read it, praying that God, the Holy Spirit, will reveal Christ to us because he must increase and we must decrease. And all of Scripture is to be looked at by the believer with deep reverence to our God, to our God. And let us ponder this, that the false teachers at Colossians would have used their own teachings they would have said that they have certain knowledge which they could only impart. We know the Gnostics did this. So they would have probably had other teachings too that they were adding in. Man's teachings. Man's teachings. So that their doctrine became a mixture 
of human doctrine and religious tradition. And notice what Paul's doing here before us. Let's look at the verse again. Notice what Paul's doing here again. Once again, and we've seen it through this whole book, Paul is bringing forth the sufficiency and the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Paul again brings forth the supremacy and the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can conclude from this that the believer needs to look nowhere else but Christ. Nowhere else but Christ. We look to Christ and Him alone. And for Paul, the word of Christ must control all aspects of worship. The word of Christ must control the ministry of the local church. And we see the ministry of teaching must be controlled by the word of God. And also that of praise. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So he, Christ must permeate, permeate through all that's done in the church. It must be all about him and him alone. Him alone. We are to esteem others better than ourselves. Now note, the gospel of God's grace will be echoed with songs of grace. Notice this, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The gospel of God's grace will be echoed with songs of grace being sung in the hearts of his people. We who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. All glory, honor, and praise goes to our Savior. Goes to our Savior. Beloved, salvation is by grace alone, through Christ alone, by God's glory, or to God's glory alone. And therefore, the one who has had this grace given to them, the one who has this grace bestowed upon them, will sing with grace in their hearts, giving thanks unto the Lord. Giving thanks unto the Lord. What do we have to be thankful for, beloved? The fact that the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins on Calvary's cross and that all our sins and iniquities, A-L-L, there's none left. All, all our sins and iniquities are paid for in full by the Lord Jesus Christ by Him shedding His precious blood upon the cross and making an atonement for our sins and having obtained eternal redemption for us, for me, for this sinner right here, and for you who believe. He has obtained eternal salvation, beloved. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now our confidence is in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the beginner, and the finisher of our faith. Oh, what a Savior. And this is where we find our assurance, beloved, in Christ. And in Christ alone. In Christ alone. Our faith is in Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior. And our assurance grows as we keep our eye of faith upon Him. 
as we keep our eye of faith upon His perfect, perfect redeeming work. His perfect redeeming work for us. Oh, what a Savior, brother. And as we listen to gospel message, messages and as we study and read His Word, our assurance will grow because it's centered in Christ. You see, as Paul said, no confidence in the flesh. All our assurance comes from our Savior, beloved. The one who keeps our eternal souls and who will one day present us faultless before the throne. What a Savior. What a Redeemer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your Word. It's so precious It points us to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we would not have a clue about your your Scriptures unless you revealed it to us. And so we who believe are so thankful that you have revealed Christ to us, that you have opened the Scriptures by the illumination of the Holy Spirit, that we are regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost, and that we can grow in the grace and knowledge and truth as we are taught by the Holy Spirit of God. We praise Thee, O Lord, for Your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.